Well, hard to believe, but the last Sunday of this year, the last Sunday of 2021, I've been reflecting a little bit as we've kind of approached the end of this year, just thinking about you know, how, how am I, how are we finishing this year? I don't know if uh, many of you take an interest in perhaps watching the Olympic marathon events. Uh, we've just had the Olympics in this last uh, few months. And I'm always fascinated, inspired by these incredible athletes that are running this race really further than most humans should run, really, over 40 kilometers. They're doing it, you know, at an unbelievable pace. But then if you watch the finish line, you know, as they come, come towards the end and the cameras hone in on that last straight, you know, you watch some of them. And some of them, you know, like the reigning Olympic champion from Kenya, who is just this phenomenal runner. And he just looks like he could go again. He looks like he could do another lap. He's got this amazing running style. He just has no uh, visible sign of pain or discomfort. He's, in fact, got a little smirk or smile on his face. So some people, you know, they finish the marathon looking like that. And others, you can see when they come to the end, that they definitely look a little bit more weathered than when they began. Perhaps they've endured the marathon more than they've enjoyed it, but they're still there and they still cross the finish line. Incredible achievement. And then there are others with pain etched all over their face. They're cramping up, they're stumbling, and it's like they just crawl over the finish line and it's still a wonderful achievement to, to finish the race. And I don't know whether one of those pictures represents how you may be feeling this morning as we come to the end of this year. Maybe you're feeling, yep, I could go again. I'm feeling strong. Maybe you're like, oh, yeah, I feel a bit weathered by the year. But, you know, I'm carrying on, or maybe there's just pain etched all over your face and you're cramping up and you're just crawling to get over the finish line. Whether one of those pictures represents where you're at or not, the good news is, is that as we come to the end of this year, we have opportunity to, to look back, to see where we've come, to see where the Lord has been at work, to see perhaps how we've grown or to look back and go, oh yeah, there were times that I stumbled, there were mistakes that I made, there are things that I want to grow in as we move towards a new year. We have opportunity to look back. We also have opportunity to to look ahead. And yes, as we approach a new year, there may be a, a degree of uncertainty in the air. But, you know, we can look ahead with a sense of faith and expectancy because of who our God is. As we heard yesterday at the Christmas service, that the promises of God, He is a, a promise-making, promise-keeping, faithful, steadfast God. There are promises that we can grab hold of and anchor into and build our lives upon. Our God is still faithful. He is still working. He is still moving. And that's good news for us. And as we look ahead, that's the perspective we can look ahead with this morning, I believe. There's also an opportunity for us today to take stock, to refocus, to perhaps just recalibrate or reset where we may need that. So I'm hoping that as we open up God's word together, that's, that's the kind of uh, emphasis and theme, that we'll have opportunity to look back, to look ahead, and maybe even just reset or refocus a little bit. So Colossians 3 is where we're going to be. Before we get there, I might pray, see what the Lord wants to do. So Father, we just thank you for this day, this day that you have made. We thank you for your word that you have breathed your life into. 
Thank you that it is living and active. Lord God, it is useful for teaching and correcting and guiding us. I pray this morning, Lord God, that your word would come alive in our hearts today. That, Lord, we would even see things that we haven't seen before, Lord God, as you breathe life, Holy Spirit. Give us ears to hear, I pray, and open hearts to your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's read together from verse 1 of Colossians 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Put on then, verse 12, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We could almost leave it there, couldn't we? This is a wonderful letter that Paul writes to the Colossians. And in it, Paul is outlining and expressing and laying out, if you like, the supremacy and the sufficiency of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's, up to this point, he's been laying out the, the theology and the doctrine, if you like, of, of who the Lord is. And then as he so often does in his letters... As he does so beautifully, he lays out the theology and the doctrine, this wonderful revelation about who God is. But then he shifts to laying out some of the practical outworking of that theology. That is, what does it look like in our lives? How does it play out in the day-to-day life? What impact does it have? And this is what he's doing in our passage for this morning, and in a similar vein, I I want to bring out a few things and challenge us and encourage us, leave us with a few things to grab hold of and reflect on as we finish up this year and as we head towards 2022. So first of all this morning, if you're ready, first thing I want to encourage us in is remember and recalibrate. Remember and recalibrate. And this morning, my prayer is that we would remember the life that we have in Christ. 
You know, we're no longer just wandering around aimlessly, without hope, without purpose. We have life in the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember this morning our position in Christ. This is what it says, verse 1. It says, you have been raised with Christ. That means that we're no longer dead in our sins and in our transgressions. We are alive in Christ. In verse 3, it says, your life is hidden with Christ. Hidden means concealed and safe. There is a sense of, of safety and protection in Christ that we have. In verse 12, Paul writes, he describes us as God's chosen ones. As we stop and think about that for just a moment, what a privilege that is, that he would choose us and call us and beckon us and draw us near. And he goes on to say in verse 12, holy, because of Jesus, because of the finished work of the cross, we've been made righteous and our calling is as saints. That has an impact. It says that we're beloved. We are loved by him this morning. Let's remember and recalibrate where we need to. Because it can be easy to forget, or not even forget, but just just become familiar or lose the wonder, if you like. It says, if then you have been raised with Christ, because your life is hidden with Christ, because you are holy, you are chosen, you are beloved, because the old has gone and the new has come, it has an impact. It, it leads to something, if you like. There is a difference in how we live and how we think, where our focus is. Not as a works thing, but as a result of the life and the work of Jesus in our lives. And as an overflow of that. So as we finish up this year, I believe there is a call for us to seek the things that are above, to set our hearts and our minds on the things that are above, not not checking out and removing ourselves from earthly responsibilities and things like that. But in the light of eternity, in the light of who he is, there is a new perspective that we are called to live with. Our standard becomes God's standard, not just the standard of this world. So as we finish up this year, does the life that we have in Christ, does our position and our standing in him have an impact in our lives? Are we living our lives with God's standard as our standard? Remember this morning whose you are and who you are because of all that Jesus has done. And when necessary, let's make the recalibrations that are needed to ensure that we are charting a course are on the right track, moving forward in him. I want to encourage us in the second thing this morning. So we've had remember and recalibrate. Put off and leave behind. Put off and leave behind. As Andrew started the service with this morning, I thought he was going to take my sermon there for a little bit. (laughs) Because of this, because of your position in Christ, because of the life that you have in him, Paul writes, put to death, therefore, all that is earthly in you. As we come to the end of this year, what needs to be left behind? 
What needs to be put off, literally, what needs to be put away for good, put to death in our lives? I want to encourage us this morning, as we examine our hearts, ask the Lord to search our hearts. There may be things that he reveals, things that we don't need to carry with us any longer. It's like a a child, you know, at at home. We've got three wonderful young children. And there are times when they offer to help, whether it's carrying something heavy, carrying the shopping in, putting the shopping away. There are times when, oh, oh, I'm all right, I'm all right, Dad. Do you want me to help you? (laughs) No, 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 I've got it, I've got it. And then you reach down and you grab that burden and you lift it off. Sometimes there are things that we're carrying that we don't need to. We're not called to, to carry around with us. The Lord wants to come and go, hey, I can help you with that burden. I've seen this show a few times. Perhaps some of you have as well. It's, it's called Tiny House Nation. And there's a bit of a trend and movement in this day that we live in towards tiny houses. You know, downsizing from a normal three-bedroom, four-bedroom, couple of bathroom house to like these tiny houses that are no more than, say, a couple of meters wide and a few meters long. Houses that fit on a trailer so people can kind of travel around them. I know it's kind of big and popular in the U.S., I believe. But there's this this show that I've, I've happened to see a few times where there's these couple of tiny house experts you know, storage solutions and how you transition from a normal-sized house to a tiny house. And so the clients call them in to help. And these two guys, they, they really challenge these clients, these people who are downsizing to a tiny house. They really challenge them and say, look, guys, downsizing to a, a tiny house, it's a, it's a serious thing. There's going to need to be a cull. There's going to be, need to be stuff that you need to clear out and get rid of. There's limited storage space if you go from a a decent-sized house down to a tiny house, right? You need to get rid of anything that you don't need. And so they set these challenges to these people. They say, okay, I want you to pack two suitcases just with everything that you need, nothing that you don't need. See how you go. And it's often really hard for people to kind of, in, in theory, they think, oh, great, tiny house would be fantastic. But in practice, when it actually comes to culling and getting rid of and sorting through the stuff, it's, it's uh, harder than it seems. But the reality is they need to get rid of anything that will clutter the tiny house, anything that they can't really take or fit with them, things that will ultimately take up space and weigh things down. You know, in our lives of faith, there is a parallel that we can draw from that. When we step into a new season, and I believe a new year is a, is a significant thing, and in one sense it's just a day, but in another it represents a new season, I believe. As we do that, there may need to be a cull, if you like, getting rid of things, leaving behind, putting to death some of those things that don't need to be there, some of those things that we don't need to carry around with us any longer that will ultimately weigh us down. And one of the refreshing and And somewhat challenging things about the New Testament as we read it is that it never hesitates to demand with a certain degree of forcefulness at times the complete elimination of everything in our lives that is against God, that is not of Him, or that will hinder us from doing His will. 
So Paul is saying here, because of Jesus, because of the life that you have in him, put to death, leave behind, deal with once and for all anything and everything that will hinder you from doing his will, that will compromise our life in him or our position in him. And he lays out the things that we're to put off and to leave behind. Sins of sensual self-indulgence, sexual immorality, impurity, unrestrained passions, covetousness, the desire to have more and more and more and more. He lays out very clearly sins of, of attitude or of the heart, if you like, anger, wrath, malice. He lays out sins of speech, slander, obscene talk, lying, those kind of things. And we could go on. There's plenty of other lists in the New Testament. Ephesians 4 verse 31 talks about, Let all bitterness be gone, wrath and anger and clamor and slander. Let all those things be put away from you. And you know, these things are not there for our condemnation to make us feel bad or guilty. But he's raising these things because when we don't deal with this stuff, it can be an issue. It can create issue. It can weigh us down. It can hinder the work of God, what he wants to do in our lives. Let me just use a, a physical example to illustrate a spiritual reality or what I'm trying to say. A number of years ago when I was at high school, I was about 15 years old, and a few of my mates and I were playing football on the oval. And unbeknownst to me, one, someone was coming up behind me and they tackled me. But they kind of wrapped up, I had the ball and they wrapped up my arms. So I wasn't able to break my fall. I came down directly onto my shoulder and popped it out and uh, knew straight away that there was an issue there. And as a young uh, teenager, I was like, oh, it's going to be fine, it'll be all right. I didn't, uh, the cricket season was just upon us. I didn't want to have to miss a season if I needed to get it dealt with properly, you know, needed to have surgery or anything like that. So I just kind of, you know, dealt with it. Uh, just grinned and bit, bore it, if, if that makes sense. Just kind of managed it, protected it. Now, over the years... There's been issues that have arisen from that injury. There have been uh, times when I've landed awkwardly or gone to put the seatbelt on awkwardly and it'll, there'll be issues, it'll flare up. There have been times where just from random things that happen, you know, a dog jumps up on me and instinctively I'll try and just move it and it will cause damage to the shoulder. Now, I don't want to make you feel squirmish or anything like that this morning. But the issue, the point I'm trying to make is, is that I should have dealt with the issue back at the time. There was perhaps some short-term pain if I needed to get surgery or whatever, but I didn't want to go down that path because I didn't want to miss out on playing sport and all those things. So I just tried to kind of carry it through. And over the years, you learn to protect it. You learn to kind of know what you can and can't do. You try and hide it. You know, when you're lifting heavy things, you don't want to appear weak, so you kind of learn to favor your other arm, things like that. 
So you leave it and it's fine for a while. You cover it up so you don't appear to have a weakness. The thing is, because it hasn't been dealt with properly, when things aren't dealt with properly, an injury, a physical injury, then all of a sudden it can just flare up. Someone bumps you and all of a sudden, oh, it's popped out again. You, do, you kind of move the wrong way or your instincts take over. Your buttons get pushed and you're back to square one. The injury is still there. And you know, over time, when it hasn't happened for a while, the, the muscles and the tendons, things do get a bit stronger. So when it actually, there's an issue, it's kind of worse than before because there's been some degree of, of healing. All that to say, in our lives of faith, there can be stuff that, that we're carrying around with us. Perhaps an injury, to use that term. And rather than dealing with it properly and in full and repairing it at the time, there are things that we carry around that we just kind of learn to, to deal with or to, to kind of carry ourselves through. Perhaps we hide it from others so we don't appear to be weak. Perhaps we just we learn what we can and can't do. We learn what things are going to push that button. And so we just kind of keep limping it along until all of a sudden there's a, something that happens. You fall awkwardly. Someone bumps you. Someone rubs you up the wrong way. And then all of a sudden, ah, you've got the issue again with the thing of the heart. I believe there's an invitation for us this morning as we finish this year to deal with some of these things, to put off and to leave behind some of these things that can, like it says in Hebrews 12, that the sin that clings so closely, the, the things that can weigh us down. You know, when Paul writes, put to death and leave behind, it's not an insurmountable task. It's not something that, oh, how am I going to get to that point? Maybe it seems like it now, but it's rather an, a glorious invitation to partner with the Lord. It's an invitation into more of what the Lord has for us. His heart is for freedom and fullness of life, not that we carry along, carry around these kind of burdens and injuries and issues and sin and all this stuff that can weigh us down. His heart is for freedom and life. So when this call is to put to death, it's not a condemnatory thing, but rather a glorious invitation into a deeper relationship with him. It's to invite him into those areas that may need to be put to death and left behind. Perhaps there are things which the Holy Spirit may be highlighting right now. Perhaps there are things that you've known for quite some time that the Lord's been highlighting, chipping away at, putting his finger on. And like me with my shoulder, you've just kind of kept uh, suppressing it. You've just kind of kept, oh, it'll be okay. It's going to be fine. And then all of a sudden, what better day than today to come before him, to surrender afresh, to invite him to come, to put to death those things and let his freedom come. We pray and cry out, Lord, we want to see more of you. We want to see you move. We want to see revival. They're wonderful things. We should be crying out, praying for those things. But there are times when the Lord also wants to go, yep, I hear your prayer. I also want to work in you so that I can more fully and freely work through you to those around you.
to remember and recalibrate, put off and leave behind, finally this morning, put on and get dressed properly. Now, we've been in a season, haven't we, of lockdowns and kind of working from home has become a more normal thing. And in my conversations with various people, friends, family, whatever, I won't mention any names, but I've heard on the grapevine that people are like, you know what, when I'm working from home, if I've got a meeting, I'll just kind of put on a, a nice shirt, but I've got my pajamas on underneath, you know, and the things that can't be seen, you know, perhaps I'll just not even get dressed. Maybe this morning you're watching from home and kind of snuggled up in your PJs in bed. God bless you this morning. Enjoy. But there's this sense with the lockdown, with working from home, perhaps of not getting dressed properly. You might put a shirt on or something that's what's seen, but... Well, there's a call this morning for us to get dressed properly in Him. Despite the last couple of things of years, sorry, that have been, and whatever 2022 may look like, if we grabbed hold of this exhortation this morning, this command to, to put on and get dressed properly with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, if we were more willing to bear with one another in love, to forgive just as we've been forgiven, would that not look like the kind of lives that followers of Jesus are called to live? You see, we have a glorious God, one who gave it all so that we can walk in newness and fullness of life, and he is worthy of our lives reflecting him and honoring him. He's worthy of us getting dressed properly, to use that term and exhortation here. I don't know about you, but when I go out, whether it's to come to church, whether it's to go to the shops or out for dinner or wherever it might be, I tend to get dressed properly. I take off my pajamas or if I've been out in the garden or going for a run or whatever, I take off my old outside sweaty clothes and I get dressed properly. That's just, that's just what we do, isn't it? That should be the same for us, talking about the spiritual side of things. So some keys for us as we head into 2022 to get dressed properly, just very quickly. Verse 14, it says, put on love. Put on love. Remember, we love because he first loved us. He is the one who so loved the world. Jesus himself said, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. Put on love. Verse 15, it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. He's the Prince of Peace. I love what it says in John 14. Jesus says, you know, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I don't give to you as the world gives. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Let's grab hold of that this morning. Because this word for letting the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, this word for rule, it literally means let the peace of Christ be the umpire in our hearts. What does an umpire do? Some may say well, not much, but no, we're going with what does an umpire do? The umpire has the final word, doesn't, doesn't it? The umpire holds sway. He's the determining factor in a decision, in a sporting context. So what's he saying? He's saying, let the peace of Christ be the thing that has the final word in our hearts. Let the peace of Christ be the, the thing that holds sway 
in our hearts and lives. Be the determining factor, not just that we would react to circumstances, not that the prevailing tide of fear would be the thing that holds sway, but rather let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Verse 15, be thankful. Be thankful. What an underrated yet significant quality in our lives. Be thankful. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of Christ dwell in us as we head into a new year. Not just, I think of this word dwell, it's, it's not just like a fleeting visit or we're just going to pop in every now and then. This word dwell means to, to literally to take up residence, to put down roots, to be established. Let the word of Christ take up residence in our hearts, be established in our hearts. Finally, verse 17. Do all for him and unto him. It all comes back to bringing glory to his name. That in everything, our public and our private life, in word or in deed, that the Lord would have the highest place. That he would be glorified in our lives. Believe these are just some keys. This is what it looks like to get dressed properly as we head into a new year. So this morning... Whether you feel like you're finishing the year strongly, like that marathon runner I referred to at the start, whether you feel weathered by the things and circumstances of the year, whether you feel like you're just stumbling, cramping, crawling over the finish line, may we, this morning, remember and recalibrate. Maybe Beth, if you're happy to come up, please. Remembering our position in Christ, the life that we have in Him. And as a result, let's seek the things that are above. May we, by God's grace and by the power of his spirit, may we put off and leave behind those things that need to be left behind, those things that are contrary to our life in Christ, that compromise our position in him. And may we put on and get dressed properly with those things that are of him, with those things that will ultimately lead to life that will ensure a firm foundation upon which we can build as we head into the new year and beyond. Would you stand this morning and finish our time together? pray and then uh, I just want to give opportunity for anyone who may just wish to respond to the Lord this morning. We don't have an official prayer team or anything like that but uh, I want to give opportunity for each and every person who wants to just do business with God. So Lord, as we finish our time together this morning, Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that we've been able to, to join together in worship, singing your praise. Thank you that we've been able to open up your word. And Lord, I 
just want to acknowledge that. Often when we open up your word, yes, we find life and encouragement, nourishment for our soul, and we're so thankful for that. But if I'm honest, we often find things that are challenging, perhaps, to hear. But Lord, uh, we don't just want to live comfortable and complacent. So Father, as we just finish up this year, as we spend a few moments here in your presence now, I would just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and touch our hearts, speak to our hearts, Lord. God, where we need to just remember and recalibrate this morning, where we need to remember our position in you, that we have life in you, Jesus that you've called us, that you call us holy and beloved. That the old is gone and new has come, Lord. I, I pray that you would just remind us of that this morning, where we need to just recalibrate or reset. Help us, Lord. God, where there are things that we need to put off and leave behind this year. Lord, whether that's issues of sin or bondage, whether that's just things of our hearts, Lord, and attitudes, whether that's a tendency to, to gossip or slander, whether that's bitterness, Lord, that we've held on to, whether that's fear that we've allowed to grip us, Lord God, whatever it might be, where there are things that we need to put off this morning, would you help us by your spirit, I pray. And Lord, as your people, as we move from this place, would you help us to put on, to dress properly, Lord. those things that will lead to life that are of you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are so good and patient and gracious, gracious to us. And we just say, Lord, you are so worthy of our lives, our devotion. We want to reflect and honor you and bring you glory, Lord, in whatever we do word or deed, thought. So God, this morning, I just bless each and every person here. Lord, I bless them with your love, with your grace, with your peace, with your hope, Lord, with fresh joy, with fresh perspective and expectancy about this coming year. Thank you that you are faithful and you go with us. I bless you this morning. Your wonderful name, King Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, just as we finish our time together, I want to give opportunity, as I said, just to for anyone here to, to just do business with God. You're welcome to, to do that there where you are, but you're welcome also just to come forward. There's some space at the front here. You can just come and kneel before the Lord. There may be just some things that perhaps you've known for a while or perhaps the Holy Spirit has just been speaking to you about this morning. Things that need to be dealt with, things that need to be put off and left behind, put to death as we finish up this year. Would you come this morning and, and just lay those things at the foot of the cross? Come and do business with God. Come and surrender and say, Lord, I need your help. I want to lay these things down. I don't want to, I don't want to carry this thing with me any longer. Maybe that story about my shoulder, 
might have resonated in terms of just those things that you've kind of just kept limping along. You've tried to keep hidden. You've tried to kind of manage as best you can. But they flare up every now and then. They, you know, cause harm and injury to yourself or to others. Come this morning before the Lord. Just lay those things before him. Invite him to come and bring healing. Come and bring freedom. And uh, so that's the invitation today. Don't leave this place without uh, just dealing with those things, bringing them before the Lord, and inviting him to come and bring his freedom, his life, his healing. God bless you this week. Have a wonderful week, wonderful new year. We look forward to gathering together next year. God bless you.